all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless words, no one could express. How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required you search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship here at Zion United Church of Christ. No matter where you are, whether you are at home or if you're in a small group gathered in the sanctuary, you are welcome to worship with us in this place. And we are so thankful that you are here to turn your hearts and your minds over to God this morning. And now let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and gracious God, we turn to you today. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power. We ask that you fill us with your love and with your presence as we gather wherever we are to worship you this morning. Let our hearts and our minds be focused on you. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. I come to you for I know you satisfy I am empty but I know your love does not run dry so I wait for you so I wait for you I'm falling on my knees Offering all of me 
Jesus, your all this heart is living for. Broken, I run to you for your arms are open wide. I am weary, but I know your touch restores my life. So I wait for you. So I wait for you. Jesus, you're all this heart is living for. I'm falling on my knees, offering all of me. Jesus, you're all this heart is living for. So I wait for you, so I wait for you, so I wait for you, I'm falling on my knees, offering all of me, Jesus, you're all this heart is living for. And now we will light our peace candle. God, we light this candle and we pray for peace. We pray for your peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for your peace that is more powerful than war or violence or hatred. We pray for your peace to prevail on earth. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Did you get some new glasses, Bernie? Yes, I did, big brother. I call these my kingdom glasses. Your kingdom glasses? They look more like Valentine's glasses to me. They could work for Valentine's Day, too. But right now, I'm thinking about the kingdom. God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is a place filled with love. Oh, I get it now. You're thinking about what it will be like in heaven. Yes, sirree, George. Though your name is Charles, not George. <laughs> but anyways... In God's kingdom, there is no hunger or thirst. There are no puppies left unloved. There are no kids who are sad or are sick. There's no lonely adults. There's only love and peace. That's what it's like in God's kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven. And I think that's such a wonderful place and I'm sure we will all love to be one day. That's because God is good, Bernie. All the time, brother. God, God is good. All, all the, the time. We hope you like thinking about heaven because we like thinking about it too. And we like thinking about how much God loves us. Bye, kids. Please join me in the call to worship. Day by day, God leads us.
To the deep, deep pools of peace. To the green, lush lawns of grace. Day by day, Jesus calls us. To pour out ourselves in service. To anoint the stranger with hope. Day by day, the Holy Spirit shows us. The community we could be. The family we are called to become. comes from the Gospel of Mark. We will read from the first chapter, verses 16 through 28. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen or give us some thumbs up on Facebook? Amen. Starting with verse 16. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets, and they followed Jesus. And as he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending nets. Now immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. 
And then they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, they entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as having one with authority and not as the scribes. And just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And the man cried out and said, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him. And saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. And they were amazed. And they kept on asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh. 
Let us pray. Holy God, we turn to you on this day. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power as we turn our hearts and our minds towards you. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Now every time, as we just did, after we read our scripture, what is it that we say? I always say to you, the word of God for the people of God, and you respond, thanks be to God. But have you thought much about what that phrase, the word of God for the people of God, means? What exactly does that mean? Are we saying that the entire Bible, that everything that we read is the inerrant, breathed word of God? Not necessarily. I mean, in Paul's letters, there's times where Paul is saying, you know, this is my advice. This doesn't come from the Lord. This comes from me. So we know that some of what we're reading is a letter. Some of what we're reading is a prophetic book. Some of what we're reading is gospel. We know that everything isn't exactly the breathed word of God that we're necessarily reading. But when we say the word of God for the people of God, what we're doing is we are reading our text and then we're searching for the word of God within our text. But to understand what that means, we need to know what the word means. Now let's think about the beginning of the Gospel of John. In the beginning of the Gospel of John, John starts the Gospel by saying, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So when we look at Word in the Bible, what are we looking at? We're looking at Jesus. The Word of God is Jesus, according to the Gospel of John. So when we say the Word of God for the people of God, What we're saying is that we are searching for the word of Jesus. We are searching for the word of God in our sacred text. Now, let's think about what we just read. We just read about Jesus speaking spoken word and Jesus' words have power. Just look at the first part of our reading. Jesus calls his first two sets of disciples. First, there's Simon and Andrew, and then James and John. He calls his two first sets of disciples. The two sets are brothers. They are also both fishermen. And all that he does to call his disciples is he speaks the word. He says, come and follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And they just up, and they leave their fishing nets behind. They leave their families behind. They leave their jobs behind. They leave everything that behind, and they just get up and follow Jesus in an instant. That is powerful. The word that Jesus spoke was so powerful that immediately they up and left their families and everything so that they could follow Jesus. And this, you know, we might just be so used to reading this text that we might be like, yeah, of course, Jesus said, yeah, come follow me, and and they did. That's just how Jesus' ministry began. And we might not understand just how powerful this is. These men had families. These men had lives. Yes, they may have not had their own children or anything yet, But they still had their families that they had to help support. They had their lives. I mean, you're taking two brothers from a family of fishermen. That would be a lot. Like, who was going to do the work to step in behind them? They were up and leaving their lives behind without any preparation for their families whatsoever. And their families don't seem to object. So somehow when Jesus speaks the word to follow them, they all understand. They all just somehow know that this is for God, that this needs to be done, that this is part of God's plan that they need to participate in this. There doesn't seem to be any explanation needed, even though they're up and leaving their lives and their businesses and their families behind. There doesn't seem to be any need for an explanation because it's just known that somehow when Jesus speaks, The presence of God is felt and the presence of God is known and the words that Jesus speaks have power. Now let's look at the second part of our reading. There was a man who had a demonic spirit within him. And again, Jesus spoke the word and that spirit just up and left him. This man had a demonic spirit within him and all Jesus had to do was speak the word and the demonic spirit left him. Now, a lot of times when we're in Bible study, we kind of get into this discussion. It comes up every time as we wonder, as people of the 21st century, we wonder, Okay, so did this person really have a demonic spirit or maybe did he have some kind of uh, schizophrenia, some kind of psychological episode that was making him appear to have a, a demonic spirit or did he actually have the demonic spirit? But we know that somehow 
it appears that this man had some kind of spirit living within him. I mean, this seems to be more than just some kind of psychological break. This seems like he has some evil spirit, evil force living within him. And then Jesus speaks the word. And as Jesus speaks the word, Jesus has the power and the authority to make whatever is haunting this man leave him. Jesus' word has the power and the authority to take whatever it is, whatever force that is haunting this man and get this man to be left alone and to be healed physically, emotionally, and psychologically healed all because of the spoken word of Jesus. That is powerful. And everybody would have just been, you know, amazed as they witnessed this, as they witnessed the power of the spoken word of Jesus. And let's just imagine for a moment, let's imagine that maybe at the time of Jesus, evil was more at work within people. We see that people seem to have these different possessions and things. Let's imagine if evil was even more at work in this world than it is today, or at least it was more obviously at work in this world during the time of Jesus. If that's the case, then the moment that Jesus started to speak, that the moment that the word of God began to speak, evil seemed to have lost some of its power. And with that thought in mind, I want to draw something out for you. I, I literally, I'm going to draw. That's why I have this whiteboard that I borrowed from the Sunday school right behind me. So I'm going to draw something for you that if you've been in Bible study with me before, you have seen this. Even if you've been in this church for a long time, you've seen me draw this. But I'm going to tell you that what I'm about to draw for you is probably the most important thing that I learned in seminary. Maybe. It's definitely up there. But it's one of the most important things that I learned from seminary. It comes from Dr. James Walters. And he was my New Testament professor at BU School of Theology. And this, this is something that I think we all need to know. So I'm going to teach you something today. So we're going to begin theology class. So you guys ready for some theology class? I'm going to bring this nice and close because I would honestly rather you see the board than see me. Because at this point, I think that the board is actually more important. And so we're going to have the board right here. And I'm literally going to draw out what this could all mean theologically for us. Uh, and I'm just going to literally draw it out for you. So here we go. So let's first start with this circle right here. You can see this circle. I'm going to draw it a couple times so it gets a little bit stronger in color. This circle right here, this blue circle, this is the earth prior to Jesus entering as the word made flesh. So of course, yes, Jesus was in the world in the beginning. He was with God. The word was with God. The word was God. But God created the world. And as God created the world, there appeared to be both good and evil in this world. It makes me think of like the yin and the yang, but it doesn't appear as though we need good and evil in the world. But when God did create the world, there was evil in this world. So this is the world that God originally created. This is the world that, yes, we also live in. We live in this world today. And this is the world that's made up of both good and evil. But this right here is the moment of time. So if there was like a, a linear array of time right here, this is the moment in the world when Jesus entered. This right here is the time when Jesus entered the world as the word made flesh, that Jesus took human flesh and entered into this world, took this part of history. And now what's important to see is that this part of Jesus entering into the world is a part of the kingdom of God. You know how Jesus, if you pay attention in your Bibles, you're going to see that Jesus talks about the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. I'm not a very good circle drawer here. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand is what Jesus says. This right here is the kingdom of God. Eventually, this kingdom of God will exist without any powers of evil. Eventually, all evil will cease. Eventually, there will be no more of this world as we know it. Heaven and earth will be remade. We know all of that. But eventually, this earth as we know it, with the evil that exists in it, will cease to exist because evil will be finally completely 100% put underfoot. I told you we're in a theological uh, study class right now. So this, as I said, this is when Jesus entered into this world. This over here, friends, this is going to be when Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, it's the end to the kingdom of earth as we know it. And then it will only be the kingdom of God that exists, which means that right now, we live in this in-between time. 
We live in this time where we get to participate in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like entered into the, the earth's realm. The kingdom of God is present, but we're not yet fully in the time when everything is perfect, when we're completely just in the kingdom of God. But we get to participate in the kingdom of God while we also get to live in this earth as it's originally created by God. We're in like this really weird period of time. Dr. Walters would always say that we're in the already but not yet time. So already the kingdom of God has entered, but we're not yet at the full complete time of the kingdom of God. So when Jesus says things like the kingdom of God is at hand, that's what he means, that we are now at this in-between time and eventually the kingdom of God will be all that exists, but we're not quite there yet. But what this means for us is this means that even though we still live in a world where evil does exist, that evil, according to this theory right here, that evil has less power than it did before Jesus entered the world as the word made flesh. And before Jesus began to speak the word of God over the power of evil, that evil, while it still exists, it has less power. And that ever since we were gifted with the Holy Spirit, and we might not have the full power of the word of God within us, but we have at least a small amount through the power of the Holy Spirit, that evil has had even less power over us. So that the more that all of us participate in the kingdom of God, the more that all of us have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, the less power that evil has over any of us. Because the only thing that has power over evil is the word of God. Now, I guarantee that some of you are probably like, oh my goodness, I didn't sign up for theology class today, and yet I'm giving you all theology class. Anyways, because I find it really exciting. I find it exciting to think that the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us gives us power over evil. The power of the Holy Spirit that lives with us gives us power to create the kingdom of God, to to live more into the kingdom of God. The power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us has power over evil in this world. And that, to me, is amazing. But you know what evil does in this world, in this in-between time? You know what I think it does? I think it makes us really negative. Have you ever heard the phrase that the world is going to hell in a handbasket? I'm sure you all have. Honestly, I'm sure I've even used that phrase before, you know, when some, a bunch of things seem to be going wrong and it's like, oh, it seems like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Fun little fact, I decided to look up that phrase and apparently it comes from the 1500s. Had a slightly different term, like I think it was like hell in a wheelbarrow or something like that. But that, the, that this term is actually quite old, dating back to the 1500s. But it's a term that we kind of use when it seems like everything's going wrong and, and people just kind of throw up their hands and negativity and it's like oh the world's going to hell in a handbasket but let's look at this assuming that this is a somewhat linear line that we follow that there is a linear line from the beginning of time and then it goes straight this way until we get fully to the kingdom of god if that is the case then the world is actually never going to hell in a handbasket but ever since jesus entered into the world The world is actually en route to getting closer and closer and closer to the kingdom of God. Of course, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be pandemics. There's going to be times of health. Of course, things like that's going to happen. But eventually, we are on track to get to the place where the kingdom of God takes over and removes all power from all evil. But let's think about it. People live significantly longer than they did during the time of Jesus. I mean, and of course, that's a lot of thanks to the medical world, but so much has happened ever since Jesus entered into this world. And and yes, there's always still poverty and hunger, but look at the way that the world operates today. People actually, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people actually care about helping other people. People care about getting food into the bellies of those who are hungry. People care about helping people get out of abusive relationships. People care about other people even if they don't know those other people. That, to me, feels like the kingdom of God at work. When somebody who doesn't even know someone else wants to offer them help, even if they get no thanks for what they're doing, that, to me, is the kingdom of God at work in this world. When we as a church gather together to feed as many people as we can like we did last night, that is the kingdom of God at work in this world. 
When we all rally together to support each other and to support the community and even to support people who don't believe like us or think like us, that is the kingdom of God at work in this world. Yes, there are terrible things that happen because we're still in this in-between period of already, not yet. But even though there are still bad things that happen into this world, there's also a lot of good Evil wants us to think that this world is going to hell in a handbasket. Evil wants us to to get dragged back into this period of time and to think that everything is terrible. Evil wants us to think negatively. Evil wants us to hate our neighbors. Evil wants uh, there to be more, more harm and more war and more poverty and more hunger and more pandemic. Evil wants there to be more of all that. And yet the kingdom of God is drawing us closer this way. And the kingdom of God wants us to love one another even if we are different the kingdom of god wants us to see those who are different from us and still be able to see that that person is made in the image of god the kingdom of god wants us to work to feed people spiritually and physically the kingdom of god wants us to to speak more of the word of god to bring power to other people's lives over evil the kingdom of god wants us to make this world a better place and everything that we do to make this world a better place everything that we do to act selflessly, everything that we do to love another, every single little thing that we do draws us closer to the kingdom of God and farther from evil. This is pretty exciting. Am I the only one here who gets excited about theology or do some of you guys get excited talking about theology as well? This is exciting stuff. It's exciting to think that, that yes, there's terrible stuff in this world, But you know what? God is good. Yes, there's terrible stuff in this world. Yes, there's all. We could name a whole list of terrible stuff. Yes, some days it feels like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. But you know what? The word of Jesus tells us that we get to participate in the kingdom of God. The word of Jesus, literally the spoken word of Jesus, said that the kingdom of God is at hand. That means that we get to enter into the time of the kingdom of God. That means that we get to participate in the kingdom of God. The word of Jesus, the spoken word of Jesus, said that we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to do good and to love and to heal and to have power. The Holy Spirit lives within us, and we know that because of the powerful spoken word of Jesus. Friends, we are working our way towards the kingdom of God. That is exciting news. And I hope that you're excited about it too because the reality is that the word of God lives within you. We are not the full powerful word of God, but we have little tiny seeds of the power of the word of God that lives within each and every single one of us. And those seeds of the word of God that live within us is the Holy Spirit. And we have the power of the word of God that lives within us. And that power of the word of God has power over all that is evil. The power of the word of God that we have in us gives us the strength to overcome our temptations. The power of the word of God that lives within us gives us strength and power to overcome whatever force of evil is at work in this world. The power of the word of God that lives within us gives us the strength and the power to love and to care for others. The power of the word of God lives within each of us and each one of us gets to participate in the kingdom of God, gets to make our way towards the kingdom of God because of that little bit of power of the word of God that lives within us. This is exciting. Theology can be exciting. Let's remember this. If you get pulled down in negativity, it's happened to me a few times during this pandemic, I confess. Remember that that's pulling us back in this direction. But instead, the power of God, the word of God, which is Jesus, that is pulling us towards the kingdom. The kingdom that has no end. The kingdom of our loving God. Will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Holy God, loving God, God who's revealed to us in the word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. We turn to you to find hope, 
We turn to you to remember that you have all the power, more power than evil could ever imagine. We turn to you knowing your power and knowing that you offer to us the gift of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. So Lord, we turn to you on this day. We pray to you and we ask that you bless us with the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
And now is the time for our offering. We invite everyone to give if you are financially able. You can send in a check or you can make an offering online. We appreciate any and every amount of giving. We also want you to know that your envelopes are available for pickup. If you have not picked them up yet, they are at the church and you can pick them up any Monday or Tuesday, anytime from 8.30 until 1.45 or any other time that somebody is here in the church and you can go into Cook Hall and grab your envelopes. And now is the time for our offering. Let us pray. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. We stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He, together we sing, everyone sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory, holy is the Lord is filled with His glory, and it's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown, and it's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown, and together we sing. Now go forth with the power of the word of God. Go forth with hope and with love. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all. We stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Bow down and worship him now. How great, how awesome is he. 
Glory, the earth is filled with his glory. 